So guys, we're going to be in uh, Habakkuk. I've, I've really been working on how to say that, but Habakkuk, I think is right, uh, chapter 1 tonight. And I'm really excited about going through Habakkuk as a church. Let me just ask you guys, are you, are you troubled by what's going on in our country right now? I mean, everything from, from the riots to coronavirus, fallout from the coronavirus, People losing their jobs, economy being affected, George Floyd's death, um, so much. I, I myself have been troubled uh, just watching things going on, but I, I've moved. It's been funny just to, to see my emotions move um, all over the place, but but moving to this place of excitement about what is what is God up to? What is God up to in our nation? And Habakkuk has really been helpful for that. And so really excited to share that because. Habakkuk, I'll, I'll sum it up for you. He, he begins, he's, he's just crying out to the Lord about injustices that he's seeing in his culture, uh, which we'll get into in a moment. And he just felt like the Lord is not working at all. Like, God, what are you doing? Why are you not helping? Why do I ask for help? And you, and you send no help. But he moves from this place of, of bitter complaining and, and, and conversation with the Lord, and the Lord revealing himself and revealing what's going to happen and Habakkuk eventually moves to this place of, God, what's about to happen is really terrible. I know it's going to cost me, but your will be done. Your kingdom come. And it's just a wanting God's kingdom to come, even though it costs him in the short term. And so um, that's what we'll see as we get into Habakkuk. But let me, let me pray for us as, as we open the word. Father, we come to your table. We, we come invited we come by Jesus' blood, by Jesus' righteousness, by Jesus coming to us and doing the work to save our souls, to make us right with you, to call us sons and daughters. We come, and we ask to be fed here, to meet with you. And we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. So every Friday morning, I have the privilege of, of hanging out with, with Andrew and Clay. And, um, you know, we've been doing this for several years now and, and, and just really try to check in on one another, share what's going on in, in one another's lives, holding one another accountable and stuff, um, praying for one another. And so it was really neat when, when, when the, the, the first, when the panic over this pandemic initially hit and things started to close here in our area. Just, it was really neat to, to know the things that we had all been praying for and then God see God answering them in some very unexpected ways. Uh, so for me, I've been just praying that God would give me more time at home. Didn't really see how that could happen. Um, and then all of a sudden, the credit union has me working every other week, still paying me. Credit is so great, so generous. Um, but able to spend that time with my family, been asking God to help me with this one project, closing it out, getting it all out of my responsibility. God helped me to do that. Um, Andrew had been um, you know, just longing to invest more in his music ministry, do some recording, invest in his boys, um, you know, with no longer being able to meet face-to-face -face with students and the offices being closed, he, he had that opportunity, so praise God. And then Clay, you know, has, Clay is just farming's in his blood, like he's just longed to, to work on the farm, does some side work as a handyman, uh, but, uh, you know, he, he had just had to sell his cows and, and whatnot. Didn't really see how he could spend more time on the farm, and then all of a sudden, he doesn't have a choice, right? You know, he can't do his work as a handyman anymore, and so able to really invest in his farm and, 
and do that with his family. It was really great. It, it was God was clearly answering prayers, and we loved the way he was doing it. But what about when God answers our prayers, when God works to uh, bring about his purposes in ways that are very undesirable and uncomfortable, in ways that cost us? What is God doing in our nation right now? What is God doing with this coronavirus, with, with, with George Floyd's death, with, with the peaceful protests, and then those that have turned into violent riots, with, with um, just the deep political divisions in our country that only seem to be getting wider through all this? What's God up to? Is God at work? As you witness these things, I am sure that you will resonate with Habakkuk's opening prayer here. And as we, as we look at these injustices that Habakkuk is crying out about, and as you consider the injustices that you are crying out to the Lord about, I want us also to consider that other people are witnessing the same things in our country right now, and they are crying out to the Lord about different injustices, different things that are affecting them that may be affecting us. You know, I was talking with a, with a brother this morning and, and just remarked that, you know, there's so many injustices in the world, and they don't all affect all of us, thank the Lord, but they do all affect someone, and we need to be mindful of that. We, we need to have our concern expand beyond ourselves. But Habakkuk here, he's crying out about injustice. He, he's asking God to help. It seems like God's not helping, and one of the things that he's crying out about is violence. God, there's violence all around me, and, and are you not going to say, or are you not going to do anything? Look, Let's just look at um, Habakkuk chapter 1. Verses 1, uh, he says, The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet, the prophet, not the prophet, but, but the oracle that, the, that Habakkuk the prophet saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Maybe you, like Habakkuk, Habakkuk feel that there is so much injustice in our world that's going unchecked. That corruption has just affected every level. That we as a culture just seem to love strife and arguing. And that even though we have some solid laws, a solid constitution, that those laws are not being upheld, not being enforced, maybe law enforcement is impeded, or maybe you see law enforcement is corrupted. Look at verse 3. Habakkuk prays, Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed. It's ineffective, it seems. And justice never goes forth. And the next part of verse 4 explains why it says, For the wicked surround the righteous. The wicked outnumber the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Habakkuk is understandably upset about all that he has witnessed. Where have you been the last few weeks? The last couple months? Myself, I, I share with you initially, I'm just very grateful uh, to, to see God answering prayer and and uh, initially, it was all benefiting me. 
very grateful for that. And then I had to go back to work full time, and I quickly became over it and impatient. And then moving to this place of anger, moving to this place of confusion, what's, what's going on, what, what should I believe? Moving to this place of humility, then back to anger, peace, feeling over it again, but now excited, excited about what God might be doing. I have particularly struggled with anger towards government officials, just wondering, like, can I trust that they're doing what's best for us? That things are being handled as they should. And, and Tim, you know, a few weeks ago as we were going through Job, I was having a hard time paying attention that night, just in a, in a funk, just upset over some things then. And, and Tim, uh, you said, you know, we should not be asking the question, what is the left doing in all this? Or what is the right doing in all this? But we should be asking, what is God up to? What is God up to? And I realized then, when you said that, brother, that I had moved from this place of gratitude, one place where things were clearly benefiting me, to this place of fear and anger and unrest when things started to cause me personally. So the question we should be asking is, what is God up to? And that's where I think Habakkuk is a particularly appropriate word for us. Timely word. Look at verse 5. This is the point of the, of the passage. Look at verse 5. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. Look. People, look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded for I, God, am doing a work in your days that you would not believe even if I told you about it. As Christians, we are to walk not by sight, looking only at the news, but we are to walk by faith, looking to God in the Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says as much. As Christians, we are to walk not by, sight, not by sight, looking only at the news, but by faith, looking to God in the scriptures. Think about it like this. God gave you, I think about it like this often. God gave me two eyes for a reason. One eye for the eyes of sight to, to look at what's going on down here, what's going on under the sun. And then another eye, the eye of faith, to look above it all, see God enthroned above it all and to know that, that he's in control. And in Habakkuk's situation, that God is telling Habakkuk, he said, I'm, I'm getting ready to answer your prayers. I'm getting ready to bring the justice, the setting of things right that you have been longing for. But God is doing it in this very surprising, unexpected way. God is about to send, he's about to tell Habakkuk, I'm going to send the very wicked cruel Chaldeans, better known later as a Babylonian, as a punishment and a discipline on Israel. And we'll see later, uh, next week that this just totally blows Habakkuk's mind, that God would use a more wicked people to judge the wickedness of Israel. God is using a more wicked people to judge the wickedness of his people. And it makes me wonder, could God be doing that in our nation right now? And do we trust him in that? Do 
We trust his sovereignty over evil, that he is good in all and talking about those, those two eyes, if God, God fully acknowledges, he fully acknowledges the evil and the cruelty of these Babylonians. He fully acknowledges the evil that's going on down here below. He says, uh, to sum it up, it says that they are cruel. They do whatever they want. They are proud, unsubmissive, disrespectful of the authorities that are established. He says they are swift to devour and destroy. And that they come for violence. Because they are idolaters, full of themselves. They worship their own strength. Let's read his description. Pick back up in verse 5. He says, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth, the sea's dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, like an eagle swift to devour. And they all come for violence. All their faces full. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men, whose own might is their God. What a terrible ruler King Nebuchadnezzar of the, of the Babylonians is. That was their king, that was their leader. What a terrible and oppressive people these are, and what terror they are about to bring on God's people Israel. The evil is sober, and yet Habakkuk and we with him are called to look not only at the evil that is going on here below us, but to look above at King Jesus, at his goodness, at his sovereignty over all of this just consider King Jesus in contrast. In contrast to King Nebuchadnezzar. King Jesus did not come for violence in his first coming. He came for mercy and salvation. King Jesus came not greedy for gain, but eager to give. He did come as strong, but gentle in his strength for the sake of others, for the sake of love. He came not proud, but submissive to God's authority. He obeyed God in every, in every way. And his obedience was for our salvation, his record being offered up in our place. And he came respecting each man's dignity, inviting us to a place at his table. Do you trust, do you trust this Jesus? Do you trust this king over all, all that's going on? Do you trust he's in control? Or are you at peace about that? We're called to, to trust him. But at the same time, God shows us here very graciously that, that trust, that kind of trust and peace is a process. That it's not something that's automatic that we just arrive at just because God tells us that we should be trusting him. But it takes work. You're going to see it take work for Habakkuk. 
And by the gospel, praise, praise the Lord, by the gospel, God wants us to feel a freedom to object. He wants us to feel a freedom to come sincerely. Hebrews 10 says, um, you know, because of the blood of Jesus, you are invited to come near with a sincere heart. And, and, and Hebrews 4 says that as you, as you come as you are, you find grace and you find mercy to, to meet you there, to, to, to give you help at the proper time. So God wants us to feel this, this freedom to object, but with a willingness to surrender. He wants us to feel freedom to object, but with a willingness to surrender. If you're not there yet, the Lord invites you to wrestle. Jesus has enjoyed wrestling as far back as Genesis 22. You should look it up. It's a great story. But to wrestle, and by that I mean to, 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 to work to remember who God is in prayer, to give perspective, to cast your cares on Him. God will accomplish His will on the earth. And it will, very likely, cost us. It will cost us comfort. It will cost us money. It will cost us time. It will cost us, perhaps, our very lives. Are you excited about his will being done on the earth? His kingdom coming? Or are you angry at the way that he is handling things? Are you hopeful? Do you face each day with courage, knowing that your king is in charge and his kingdom is advancing on the earth, the king is marching, and his, he's going to accomplish his purposes? Do you have courage, knowing that it's true, or are you despairing of all that's going on? If so, Jesus, in his grace, invites you to wrestle. He invites you to wrestle, to look to God, to resolve your problems without God. Jesus invites you to look to God to resolve your problems with God. Because in that process, in that wrestling in prayer, in that, in that wrestling in his throne room, in his word, we will see God more clearly and love him more deeply. Greater commitment to the kingdom. Because the place that Jesus ultimately wants to bring us to is not merely a place of comfort and consolation that he's in control but he wants to take you even further than that to this zeal. This zeal that, yes, you are, I want you to be in control. I want your kingdom to come no matter what. And you're willing to give yourself to that. When Jesus came, he came and he conquered Satan, sin, and death on the cross. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. And if you look at Matthew 28, Jesus, the, the risen, reigning, ruling king, is saying, he says, all authority in heaven, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What he's saying is that, yes, Satan was the god of this world that was you know, when God created the world, he created Adam and Eve, if you look at Genesis 1, to rule under him. And they gave away, they gave away their, their position, they were tricked, they were deceived, but they gave it away and, and, uh, to Satan, who stole it. But Jesus says, I just can't give you know what, 
kingdom is mine. He kicked his behind. He said, I've just kicked his behind and I've taken it back. I've come to reclaim what is mine and to give you a share in it. As God's created intention was. I reign victoriously. I reign as king over all. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. In other words, I'm king. I'm the ruling, reigning king. Go to all nations. Tell them that I am the good king reigning over all of this. And call them likewise to submit to my rule and my reign. Call them to likewise become kingdom citizens and to know the blessings of my rule, and to rule along with me. And each, each person, each tribe, nation, tongue, and language is presented with a choice. You can submit to the Lord and know his blessings, or you can continue to rebel against his rule, and you will know his fierce wrath. You will know his judgment, his justice. You will know eternal hell, the same eternal hell that is reserved for the devil and his angels. Jesus is calling us, church, to live for purposes grander than our own lives. Jesus calls and invites you to come and walk with him and live for purposes grander than our own lives. The bringing about of Jesus' kingdom on earth is something that will cost you personally. It will cost you in this life. But Jesus invites us into something bigger than ourselves. But if you're not at, to, at this point of zeal about that yet, if you're not at this point of peace even about that yet, then by God's grace you're invited to wrestle with him. You're invited into the throne room where you will find grace and mercy to help you at the proper time. Let me pray for you in that. Father, how tender are your mercies. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has, so you have compassion on us all. You know our frame. You know that we are weak, that we are but dust. You know that our days are like grass. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And the Lord is enthroned in the heavens. Your kingdom rules over all. God, we, we rejoice that you are a father who makes it possible for us to come near as we are. God, would you meet us each where we're at, in our places of confusion, unrest, anger? And would you bring us to this place of peace, knowing that you reign, and to this place of zeal, wanting to see your kingdom advance from the earth, wanting to give ourselves to you for that purpose. God, we see you, we will see you doing it with Habakkuk. Thank you for that example. God, would you do that in us? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.